Hey, Teresa, are you ready for an episode about Bo Brummel? That would be dandy. It's Schmanners! husband host Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Ah, oh, that felt good, my dove. We <laughs> nailed that one. I'm feeling a little under the weather, so if I seem low energy, or if I'm using my sultry NPR voice, it is because I'm having a weird sinus allergy thing. How do you feel? I feel great. I mean, pregnant. Pregnant. But... Exceedingly pregnant? Yes. Yeah? You look great. Oh, thank you, you look beautiful, I would say. I wish that the podcast audience could see how beautiful you are. No. No? I'll just tell them. I'll paint them over a picture. Imagine the most beautiful All rainbow. All right. Hey, let's let's do this. Okay. Um, so this week we're talking about Bo Bremos, and this is our second of two uh, biography episodes mm-hmm. as I continue to film the TV show. Um, now, Bo Bremos is a character that I, or a, a character, like a character of history, not like made up. Um, that I know of as referenced in stuff like um, Super Sizers Go and Horrible Histories and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I actually know all that much of it. All I know is like he was a fashionable guy. Well, so first, um, in the interest of clarity and education, his name is Bo Brummel. No S on the end. Really? Yes. Bo Brummel. Okay. Yes. Um, and Bo is a nickname that he earned actually kind of late in life his real name is george brian brummel that's not as fun as bo brummel though well right that's so let's start at the very beginning what what time period are we looking at what's what's any of the details so what we're doing here look i'm gonna i'm gonna paint a picture now Ooh. um so there is a period in English history called the Georgian period. Yes. And it is called that because the kings were named George. Four in a row, right? George the first, second, third, and fourth. Yes. Um, but in between George the third and George the fourth, there was a office called the Prince Regent. Uh-huh. And that was uh, George the fourth. Was the prince regent while George III was still on the throne. Correct. Gotcha. Um, So shortly after the American Revolution um, finishes, um, George III succumbs to a, what we believe is probably a a genetic disease, um, causing him to lose his faculties. Got it. Uh, he had always been a very eccentric man, but it, it really began to show. He he basically uh, became incapable of running the country. Yes. But he was still the king because he was still alive. Exactly. So what they did was they appointed his son, Prince Regent, which means that he's not the king, but he pretty much acts like the king. Got it. Um, now the Prince Regent... When when he first, quote, took office, was kind of a looker. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a, 
he was a, an about town type of guy and a ladies man if I remember a ladies correctly. man and he had lots of military service under his belt and you know all of that stuff um and then as things went on he also developed some eccentricities one of which was he had a propensity for fine food and drink to a point of excess if i remember correctly Yes, uh, he has been nicknamed the Prince of Wales. W-H-A-L-E-S. Yes. Very funny. Very punny stuff. Not very, nice. Not nice, but punny. Yes. Um, but I mean, he would have, like, massive, like, 60-course meals and stuff. Like, he was deep into food. He was deep into it. But the the the, the food was really just kind of an effect affectation of his love of society Uh right so he wanted to have the brightest and the best around him he wanted to have those people over to be seen with those people to be you know run in those circles so the food and the feasting was just one part of his fashionable lifestyle that he wished to curate there we go so One of the people that he took an almost immediate liking to when he was probably at school was George Brian Brummel. Now, why? It's not entirely clear. Um, George seemed to have, I'm sorry, we will call him Bo just because they're both named George. Yeah, they'd be a lot easier to just go with Bo. Yeah, there's a lot of Georges. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. There's been... King George's, and so everyone's naming their kids George. Um, But, like, uh, it's possible that he was just kind of attracted to Bo's personality, his effervescence, his wit, his charm. Yeah, I think everybody has met someone in their life where they're just like, there's just something about this person that people like, you know? There's something, like, Mm -hmm. there's some quality. I, I, I understand I'm one of those people. There's just something about me. That everybody instantly falls in love with. I don't know what it is. At school, Bo did dress very well. That was one of the things that made him stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he didn't have much to his name at that point because his father was still alive, um, and he's not the oldest son. Oh, okay. And back then, that kind of thing really mattered. Yes. So part of this this dress that Bo was was perpetuating has to do with um, dark coats, a full length trouser rather than knee breeches and stockings, um, an immaculate bright white shirt linen, and an elaborately knotted cravat. Now this is very interesting to me because this is very different from a Vanderberry Wall, the King of Dudes that we talked about on a prior episode. Because that was so much about, like, ostentation and, like, the flashy dressing. And this seems like the opposite. love very, like, elegant, suave, cool dressing rather than, like, peacocking around. Right. Well, and and that is true because it was kind of a reaction to the dress at the time. The normal Georgian fashion for um, people of of wealth and, and high socioeconomic status was very ornate um they wore 
uh, breeches, which are pants that end at the knee, and then silk stockings, and they would wear um, uh, they would wear powdered wigs. Is this the period in time where ladies had like super super elaborate wigs? Including like bird cages woven into them with like live birds in them and that kind of thing. Was that this period? That was starting to fall out. Okay. But that was a thing that really happened. Oh, yes. That was a thing that really happened, but not at this point. So are we in the Regency period of the Georgian period at this point? Yes. Okay. Um, once Bro Bummel uh, graduates from school, he uh, and the prince takes over as prince regent. That is called the regency, which, according to a lot of historians, is within the Georgian period. So Got it's it. a smaller section. Is the regency when, like, Pride and Prejudice and those kinds of books take Absolutely. place? Absolutely, okay. yes. Um, most of Jane Austen's books take place during the regency. That's when Got she it. lived. Got it. So he began to dress in this fashion... And this was called dandyism. He was a dandy. A dandy, which may have been short for Jack-a-dandy, which is kind of a weird thing that I found. Okay. Jack-a-dandy. Jack-a-dandy. I like that. Um, so dandyism has been equated to a form of romanticism. So it's not an... It's not supposed to be an excessive delight in clothes, um, but it's supposed to be more of an elevated state of mind. So it's almost like, I wouldn't want to say acting above your station, Mm -hmm. but it is a way of elevating oneself in society. You know, I've always thought about it in two different ways. Either A, Dandy is somebody who is, foppish to the point of absurdity of like, oh, they're so focused on clothes and frippery that like they don't take them, that they don't contribute anything to society. Or it's somebody who is very together, very put together, very done up. I mean, like you mentioned the cravat and that was kind of a signature of his, right? Like these very like high, beautifully tied things, Mm -hmm. the cravat. That was like his signature piece. And it basically was just like, no, I put a lot of thought into my look and making sure and my life and my personality to make sure it's all polished. Right. And I and again, in the interest of clarity, I do want to have you try and steer away from the word fop mm-hmm. when describing dandy because they are in fashionable terms. Complete opposites. Really? Because I've always heard the phrase dandy fop as the thing. Is that not what's, it's what's not, a fop? So a fop would have been one of the people um, often called wigs as well. They wore the high powdered wigs and they would powder their face and um, is, is a lot more what you think of as maybe like the quintessential Georgian. Okay. Um, with the elaborate coats and the breeches and, and things like that. So dandyism is kind of a direct opposite reaction to being a fop. Interesting. Also called macaronis. And that's where the um, Yankee Doodle went to town riding on a pony, stuck a feather in his cap, and called the macaroni. It's making fun of Americans. The idea being that putting a feather in their cap was enough to make them feel 
foppish and fancy when all they did was put a feather in their cap. Yes. Okay. Well, so back to Bo. Mm-hmm. He really is kind of the first person that um, that we've singled out as a famous person for being famous. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. didn't really... He's a personality, you know? Yeah, a personality. He was a, a, a charming gentleman. He, you know, uh, went around in stylish circles, but he didn't really really contribute anything in the way that we think of like he wasn't a writer or an artist or a politician or he did have a very short-lived military career um where he was part of the king sorry where he was part of the prince regent's um special i guess Guard? Not not really guard, but kind of like the the militia that the Prince Regent was in charge of. Oh, okay. Um, called the Tenth Royal Hussars. This makes a lot of sense to me too, because you mentioned that he's not the oldest son, and that was a very common thing for like noble nobility's second sons and third sons to go into the military mm-hmm. to achieve some kind of commission, or you know, into the uh, like you know priesthood. Or something of like to get them established in a life so you didn't have to split up your inheritance between too many people. Well, sure, but uh, but this specific royal like guard um, was actually made up of people who were heirs to noble titles and lands and things like oh, really? that. Well, because it was very much in vogue. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like they were going off to war. No, um, but it turns out it was quite expensive to be part of this regiment. You had to pay to be part of the army? No, but you had to look the part. Oh, uh, and you had to provide that yourself? Well, I mean, sometimes the way that you're living out out um, lives your means. So wait, is it? hold on, hold on. When you say that it was like an army militia that the Prince Regent ran... Was this like just like the Prince Regent's entourage of cool dudes that like dressed real fancy and went to parties with him? I guess so. Cool. Cool, cool. Good job, rich people. <laughs> so, okay. Well, any officer in the in the military at that point was expected to provide their own horses and uniforms and pay for their own food and you know all that kind of stuff it just wasn't issued to them even though they still did get a wage got it so you would just kind of outlive your means yes so this in his military quote career is where he really shines and uh, the prince regent is really like hey that's one cool dude uh-huh right? he's the fonz <laughs> He's the Fonz of his day. Bo Brummel, Fonz of his day. Yes. So much so that even though he really had no kind of like military prowess or promise even, he was promoted to captain. Yeah. Um, what? That's not how that's supposed to work. Well. You seem cool. Do you want to be a captain or whatever? Here's some badges. Yes. so. Cool. Um... But then, the regiment was sent from London to Manchester. Why? Um, because sometimes they have to go places, I guess. Oh, okay. I wasn't I'm not sure exactly if there was a sure. War breaking out of Manchester. No, not really. That I think that they were just reassigned. They decided to go, I guess. And 
Bo was not all about that. He needed to live the London life. So he quit. Yep. He quit the army. Yep. Because he didn't want to move. Yep. He's really bad at army. Yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> but he was a captain who was really bad at army. Got it. So living in London, he became kind of the toast of the London society. He was still doing his thing with like the high starched cravats and the and the pantaloons, which is just a really um pants. They're pants, but they're very a specific type of pants, so they are often quite tight. So much so that they have buttons up the side so you can get your foot through. And then instead of having a tie at the back where most pants did, they had a series of buttons in the fly and then a flap that would come over and be held up by two buttons covering up the other buttons to kind of make the look of a flat front pant. Got it. What what type of dude... And I guess I shouldn't say dude because that means completely different when we're talking about fashionable figures. What type of person was Bo Brummel's like personality wise? Is that discussed much? I mean, people talk about his fashion, but like, was he nice? Was he well? A he romantic? was. He was is he... certainly described as witty uh-huh. and charming, but not necessarily very nice. I have the impression from my research that he had kind of a biting, cutting wit. Ah. And so you wanted to be on the good end of his good graces so that he wouldn't insult you to other cool, people. Cool, cool. So he was kind of a, he was kind of a bully a little bit. Kind of a cool jerk. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all know that person. So at this point, his father has died. Oh. Uh once his military career ended, his father had also died and um Interestingly, he was one of the few people of the era to actually split his fortune between his children. Oh, his dad? Yeah. Brummel Sr.? Yep. Papa Brummel? That's right. Daddy Brummel? So he split his vast uh, estate, as one would say, and Bo earned uh, 30,000 pounds. Was that, like, good? That's good. That's a... That coupled with frugality, would have lasted him the rest of his life. Now, I'm going to guess that he didn't couple it with frugality. But before we discuss that, here's a word from another Max Fun Show. Why would you listen to a podcast of TV pilots that never got made? It must not have been any good, right? I don't know for a fact that anyone read it. They couldn't get the deal done. There was kind of a regime change. Someone at the studio who was in a decision-making capacity said, these guys seem like losers. They just blamed it on, okay, well, it must be women. We got word that USA had decided to stop doing comedy. Why aren't we making this? It was so good. Hear the TV comedies you never got to see on the Dead Pilot Society podcast. Listen on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. I'm Barbara Gray. I'm Brandy Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. We're Lady to Lady. Do you want a sleepover in your ears? Is that a friend in your pocket or are you just podcast to see me? We're a portable hangout you can bring to the gym, on the subway, or on an oil rig. Seriously, we have listeners who do that. Show with us while we get high with Margaret Cho. Talk showgirls with Katya from Drag Race. And hear Broadway star Anthony Rapp sing Hamilton. I am not throwing away my shot. <laughs> oh my I am God. not throwing away my shot. 
Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. That's Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Okay. Reveal the secret of Bo Brummel. Did he save his money and spend wisely? No. No, okay. he did not. No, not at all. <laughs> so part of this, uh, this fashionable society that he was part of um, meant that you had to be seen and be seen to be rich. Yeah, I mean, basically, it sounds like he existed and thrived based on the perception people had of him because he didn't have a job. He wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. So he was getting invited to parties not because of his contributions, but because people assumed he was the type of person that should be invited to the parties. Exactly. And there were lots of other things you were supposed to be seen to do. Um, go out to eat, go to gambling dens, go to brothels, all kinds of things. Also like the opera. Yes, Certainly. Not just gambling dens and brothels, but also the theater and museums. Yes. And brothels. Yes. Yeah. So after his military career is over and he comes into all this money, he like explodes as far as like his personality and his effervescence and the legend of Bo Brummel. Yeah. So he is seen to, um, it's reported that he could spend up to five hours in the morning just getting ready and getting dressed. Whoa. He had quite a uh, fastidious routine. So wait, hold on, hold on. This this guy would wake up, probably not at, but like say 7 a.m., and he would not be dressed until after lunch. Yes. No wonder he never contributed anything. He didn't have time. <laughs> he didn't have time to write a book or a play or songs. He was busy putting on his shoes. Well, not just his shoes. Um, he is has been quoted as bathing every single day. Now, at that point in in history, it wasn't uncommon to bathe. But usually when you said, do you bathe every day, what people did was they washed their face and their hands and their arms. And, you know, they generally didn't smell bad, but hardly ever did one completely submerge oneself in water every single day. No, that seems hugely luxurious and wasteful. But you know what Bo Bo Brummels did? He submerged himself in water every day. Every single day. He took a luxurious bath. Completely submerged in water. Did it take him like all of a week to spend all of his money? <laughs> it was it was worth quite a lot more in those days. Did he do the thing with the boots that everybody says he did? Oh, wash his boots in champagne? Yeah. That that is a rumor that I did see. Yes. Okay. But that just shows you like the excess that he lived. I mean, he's a Kardashian, right? Basically. Yeah. Like, and I, I mean that with no judgment. I love the Kardashians. Kim, if you're listening, I'd love to hang out with <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, this idea of, like, the perception that they create is what has, like, built their empire. Like, right. it just seems like Bo was kind of spending money to make money because if he wasn't making money, he wasn't doing anything. But he was, like, spending money to make reputation mm-hmm. to be known for being known. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, and he also brushed his teeth every day and shaved every day, um, which were, well, at the time, those were not things that people did every day. It was more of a couple times a week thing. Mm -hmm. So you pretty much figured out that he spent through his money 
uh, quite fast. Yeah, if uh, um, I'm going to guess like six months. A little longer than that. Um, he really wasn't reported as being in debt, like financial ruin type debt, until about 1816. So how old is he at this point? Um, he, he was in his mid to upper 30s, 36, 37. Okay. Okay. So this isn't like he got money at 21 and by 22 was in debt. It wasn't quite that bad. Well, I mean, by 1816, he owed thousands of pounds to oh, several different people. Not great. Yeah. So, so. he got a job. And he nope. paid it. Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> not yet. No job yet. Um, he fled to escape debtor's prison. Cool, cool. Great. So he quit the army because he didn't want to move. Uh-huh. And so then he spent a bunch of money he didn't have and fled to escape debtor's prison. Yes. Cool. Okay. Got it. Yes. I'm getting a real picture of this Bo Brummel fella. Um, he spent most of that the next 10 years in exile in France, in Calais. Um, How did he pay for it? Well, he wrote to a lot of his friends to send him money. Super cool. Very adult move. You're in your late 30s, dog. <laughs> well, he didn't... I almost feel bad for him. He didn't seem to have many skills. Yeah, it does seem as though maybe his being known for being known and effervescent personality left him in a position where he didn't really have to, like, fend for himself to get where he was, at least not in the way that he, you think, so that when it hit a point where it's like, hey, now you have to fend for himself, like, he never had to learn that skill set. Yeah. Not that I'm, like, condoning the behavior of fleeing debtor's prison, but it's also like, what do you expect? He doesn't have any marketable skills except spending money. It was at this point where he got a job. <gasps> a job, you a say? A job. Now, remind me, what is that? <laughs> he got the job of um, a consulate. What, what does a consulate do? It's a person who works at an embassy. So it's like a representative from a foreign country. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so he was the consulate at K-N. Sure. Spell it. C-A-E-N. Gotcha. Um, I want to say can, but that's not right. Okay. Because that's not how you spell can. Uh, K-N is what I'm going to say. Um, which actually he got paid for. He had a job. Small annuity. So he used that money to pay off his debts. Oh, no. Nope. It really only lasted two years. Oh, Bo. Yeah. Um, so finally, on May 4th, 1835, he was arrested. Now, so it would have been like, what, in his 50s? How uh, long did he live? 1835, yes, he would have been in his 50s. Okay. Um, he was arrested and sent to debtor's prison because he still owed so many people money. Well, I believe he, that. He owed people in England money. He owed people in Calais money. He owed people in Cayenne money. He just didn't, he couldn't get it together. His credit score was zero. Yeah. Now, let me ask a question that you may or may not know the answer to. Before we get any further into his the negative side of his life, mm -hmm. did, did he not have any like relationships, any romances? Did he never get married or anything like that? He never did get married. He had several reported girlfriends, um, but 
most of his relationships took place with um, working ladies. Oh, I see. In brothels. I see. He was a yeah. brothel brothel frequenter. Yes. Brothel bummels, they call them. There was one reported um, where he was involved with a high-ranking aristocratic lady that unfortunately was already married. Uh-huh. Um, and they, they paraded themselves as close friends. Uh, but it is said that Bo refused to publish his memoirs in his lifetime out of respect to his lady friend. Got it. Infer what you will from that. So, he's in debtor's prison. And he got out. Uh, through cunning? Through paying off his debts? No. Cool. Uh, he was awarded compensation for the loss of the consulship. Meaning they were like, well, you lost your job, so... So he was let off. Yeah, basically. For not, for not doing anything. Yes. For losing his job. Yes. Cool. Bit of a blessed life, that Bo Brummels. Well, Brummel. not so blessed. Oh, no. Then what? Um, he contracted syphilis, probably from one of his brothel lady friends. Oh, no. Yeah. And it really started to take a toll on him in his later life. And, you know, he deteriorated rather quickly. Yeah, they weren't super good at treating hardly anything back then. Yeah. Um. Um, so he finally entered into an asylum, uh, well, because you become delusional and depressed and eventually insane when you have syphilis. Um, I mean, untreated, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not fun. Not fun thing. No. Uh, so he was transferred to an asylum in January of 1839 and died there in March of 1840. So like, what's, what's his legacy? Is he just like the handsome, cool, well-dressed guy who was basically broke for the second half of his life? Uh, that is that is an unfortunate summation that you've made, yes. But his legacy really is in his fastidiousness and attention to not only the style of the dandy, but the lifestyle of the dandy. Um, the general cut of a men's suit today can be traced back to this this dandy lifestyle and the way that Beau Brummel really elevated it, kind of made it into the thing to wear. So uh, he's, he's credited with um, the start of the popularity of the men's suit. So that's something. Yeah, okay. I'll give him that. It sounds listen, it sounds like he had a roller coaster life, um, lots of ups and downs. Um, it's just like after coming off of Emily Post, who feels like contributed so much to be who she was, Bo Brahms just seems like a figure who was just famous for being famous. He was. I mean he was famous for being famous. Well, you know what? Good on him. I wish I could do it. I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, we want to thank you for joining us for another special bio episode. Um, we'll go back to doing regular episodes so very, very soon. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for following us on Twitter 
at SchmannersCast, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S-C-A-S-T. You can join the Facebook group. Just search Schmanners. You can email us, SchmannersCast at gmail.com. Thank you for going on iTunes, rating, reviewing, and subscribing. If you have any ideas for future episodes, let us know. Don't hold back. Share those ideas with us. We love getting suggestions. So you can either send those ideas to our Gmail account. Um, Did you say that already? Yes, I did. You said the account. Great. Or you can put it on our Facebook group. Yeah. Or you can tweet directly at Teresa and I. I'm at Charles McRoy. She's at Teresa McRoy. T-E-R-E-S-A. No H. Um, And yeah, share those ideas with us directly. And we are going to see everybody tonight at the Candle Night Show uh, here in Huntington, West Virginia. And then we'll be trying to find an apartment in Cincinnati. (laughs) And then we'll be having a baby. And then life will just continue on and on, as it always does. As always, I'd like to say thank you to Brent, Brentlefloss Black, for our theme song, which is available as a ringtone on iTunes. And also to Kayla M. Wassel for our beautiful thumbnail and banner art. Go check out her portfolio. I think that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.